the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL.com. Perhaps on the app, which you're welcome to download free from WFIL.com. Had some clouds earlier today, some sun as the day wore on, and high of 43 with a clear sky ahead tonight, low 30. A lot of sun tomorrow, high 45. Looks like over the next week or so, it's going to be kind of in that 40 to 45 degree range uh, or so. Sixers home against Washington tonight at 7. Had a good start to the season. They're 6-1 so far. Washington's just 2-5, and five, but both of those wins have been away from home, so... Better be careful, Sixers. College football. Wide receiver Devontae Smith from Alabama winning the Heisman Trophy. There were several other uh, players in the mix for that. All quarterbacks. Alabama's own quarterback, Mac Jones, who threw Devontae Smith the ball during the year. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who some think will be the top pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And Florida quarterback Kyle Trask. It's actually the first time in almost 30 years a wide receiver has won the Heisman and often goes to a quarterback. Uh, in any case, one, one kind of neat story about him, Devontae Smith, is he's not a big guy uh, at all. And part of his congratulations speech and his comments after have to talk with, like, I know I'm not the biggest guy, but um, anybody can do, the, you know, you can do it. Don't don't let your uh, lack of stature perhaps hold you back from trying. Um, no job is too big, too big, I think is how he phrased it. You put the work in and uh, and don't let people say, oh, you're too small. You probably can't. Uh, you know, focus on what you can control and be diligent about it. And uh, don't be surprised when uh, good things happen. So that was Devontae Smith of uh, Alabama winning the Heisman Trophy last night. Victoria, how you doing today? Doing all right, Tim. Yeah? How are you doing? All right. Overall, doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to another fine broadcast today. Same here. And uh, kind of keeping in line with a little sports thing there. Every now and again, we have some recurring guests, if you will. Gary G. Cobb is one of those folks. Rob Motti, sports in the sports world. We've had a number of the pastors on the uh, radio station join us every now and again. We're looking forward to the, more of that this year. Uh, also, though, not to be forgotten by any stretch, um, from the Philadelphia Flyers, Brian Smith, who's the manager of their broadcasting and media services, he checks in every now and again just to keep us up on all things orange and black. And uh, if you, are you a Flyers fan, Victoria? Or I support the Flyers, yes. I'm a all-Philly fan. Okay, you're a four by four. What do they call it? Yeah, I would say so. Philly Not Flyers. A front runner. Okay, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Kidding. No, but um, yeah, I support all the Philly teams. Okay, all right. Well, that's good of you, and and I'm the same way. Uh, the schedule just came out, and because of COVID and all that, the whole thing is uh, very different this time around. Rather than playing teams in your division a certain amount of times, and then people in the other conference less, but still playing them. It's all boiled down to you're basically playing just teams in your division, and that's you know to protect from tra- having to have extra travel, so uh, and other reasons to simplify things. So the Flyers are only going to be playing, uh, I think, about seven teams all season. Then in the playoffs, you might get to see them play 
other teams that you'd watch them during the year. So Brian, anyway, is involved with all things Flyers, and he's going to chat with us for a little bit and just give us some insight into what's what's coming up. Uh, I believe they're not starting with fans yet, but uh, so if you're a Flyers fan, and I have a lot of friends who are, and they'll often post pictures on Facebook at the, at the game and all that. Uh, you know, you, you won't be able to start off, but I think at some point they're, they're working toward that happening if it's possible. So we'll chat with Brian about that. Also, I uh, want to um, remind folks um, the uh, Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise we've been talking about, which comes up later this summer. Michael O'Brien, from uh, who's going to be on that cruise, is going to join us uh, either tomorrow, which also happens to be Trivia Thursday, so maybe the guys can have Michael you know, help out, or uh, on Friday. So Michael's going to shed some insight in what this, this cruise is about because he's been on it. He's helping lead worship. Uh, Alistair Begg who's from Truth For Life, which comes up at 5 o'clock today, is bringing God's word for that. I've never been to Alaska. Have you Have you ever traveled that far out on a cruise or otherwise to Alaska? I have friends who are like Alaska Unfortunately, no? I have not, but my grandparents, I believe, did a cruise there, okay. and they said it's beautiful. I know some people that have been to Alaska. Yeah. I would love to someday. I have a couple of friends who are very uh, familiar with the terrain, and when they vacation, that's where they go. And they get it, and it's and I haven't been there myself. My, my brother has been on been on one of these trips, and um, it's just beautiful. You see glaciers, you see mountains, wildlife, and you know, the land is like is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, the landscape. So, well, and that's part of the whole the whole cruise is to you know see the wonder of God's creation, also enjoy a chance to recharge, relax. It's a top notch cruise, so wonderful fine dining and buffets at midnight and all kinds of things. Uh, but also an opportunity to be recharged inside and uh, and have, again, Alistair Begg from Truth for Life bringing God's word and um, uh, Laura Story and um, Michael O'Brien, who's going to join us again either tomorrow or Friday, uh, bringing worship on board. So that's just a reminder for you, WFIL.com is where you can get info on that and how you can get signed up for the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise. Uh, we'll take a brief break and then we'll come back and uh, bring Brian Smith from the Flyers into the equation We also hope to give away some gift cards before the program is through, so have our toll-free number handy when we ask you to call in. 800-560-WFIL is the number you'll need, 800-560-9345. Not just yet, but a little later on in the hour. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560WFIL. And at WFIL.com. It's 4.11 on the Tim DeMar Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a longtime friend and our next guest here, Brian Smith, who is manager of broadcasting and media for the Philadelphia Flyers. And the schedule is now out. The season starts a week from tonight. Brian, how you doing, man? Tim, how's it going? Great. Great to hear your voice. And since uh, we spoke last... Uh, we have a new producer on our program. Her name is Victoria. Victoria, Brian, Brian, Victoria. Hello, Brian. Hi, Victoria. How you doing? Doing well. How about good to you? Finally, have something to good. 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 To finally, have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Very much so. Victoria actually has a history. Uh, she worked with the Eagles for a while, doing some of their media stuff and creative services. All so, right. all right. Yeah. So we have some nice uh, common background there. But for you, manager of broadcasting and media services, and we love checking in when there's news with the Flyers. And the schedule just came out. Talk about this. This is a very interesting schedule. Makes sense, but it's interesting. Yeah, it really is, and it's uh, going to create a very unique season when it comes down to it. Because uh, you know you have a couple of different things at work there. Um, one of them, uh, obviously, being the fact that uh, you know the, the teams this year are only going to play 
uh, within their own division. So, um, you know, 56 game season, seven opponents. So uh, every every team is going to play each other eight times in the uh, in the Flyers division. So that is uh, you know that that is something that is relatively. Uh, I don't want to say new. The NHL has done it before. I mean, it was like this back in the you know the 80s when you would see a lot of teams a bunch of times uh, that were close to you geographically. But it's been a long time since the NHL had a, uh, a schedule format like this. So the more recent thing that we've seen here in Philadelphia was when the uh, NHL Phantoms were here. And uh, the scheduling matrix that the American Hockey League used at the time, they would play Hershey 12 times, they'd play Wilkes-Barre 10 times, stuff like that. And what that does is it just it, it just breeds rivalries. I mean, the, you know, the, the rivalry with Pittsburgh Penguins, we, the Flyers have had for a good eight years or so, uh, everybody knows about that, but uh, you know what, what it's going to do is going to really kind of, uh, I think, develop some great rivalries and storylines between all of these teams over the course of the year. And kind of further fueling it is that um, the schedule is structured so um, the teams will play most of the time uh, twice in a row. And that is, uh, you know, for mostly for it's for COVID reasons because you know it cuts down on travel, it cuts down on the you know, different groups of people going in and out of uh, buildings and locker rooms uh, across the entire league. Um, but it is, again, something that the NHL has never done before. Um, this is actually uh, the kind of schedule that you see in um, U.S. college hockey, where uh, teams will go in for a weekend and play a two-game series or sometimes even a three, depending on, on the, the situation. And, you know, so, so you know, when, when you're – going up against a team uh, twice in a row, that second game is always kind of fun. Um, you know, and, and uh, again, as the uh, the season goes along and you get more familiar with these teams, it's going to really create, I think, uh, a unique situation, and it's going to be uh, uh, further um, kind of enhanced by the fact that all of the games are going to be basically what we call four-point games in, in the playoff race, because you're not going to be playing teams from the other conference. You're not going to be playing teams from the other division. And the only way you can get into the playoffs this year is to finish in the top four in your division. So all those games are going to carry uh, extra weight just in that, um, not to mention with the rivalries. So it's really going to be a, a very uh, fun season, I think. We're really looking forward to how it plays out and uh, you know, just hoping that uh, through all the – health and safety measures the NHL has put in place that uh, we'll be able to get through it without a hitch. Yeah. Brian Smith, kind enough to hang out with us for a little bit here. He's manager of broadcasting and media services for the Flyers. And uh, the season, so the Flyers open up a week from tonight. Pittsburgh, couple games. Then, of course, you have Buffalo, Boston, Jersey, the Islanders, Rangers. Am um, I forgetting anybody? I think that's, but like you said, playing back-to-back, are they doing it kind of where one game, the Flyers are home, and then Pittsburgh is home the other game? Or are they considered home games strictly when they're in Philly? And when they go to Pittsburgh, like that? Yeah, it's you know the home team is the home team. Um, the uh, you know whereas in the bubble when it was a neutral site uh, over the playoffs, the um, the teams would alternate back and forth who was the home team. Um, the uh, you know the, the team that's hosting the game will be the home team. Um, you know throughout the season here, so um, okay. it'll, it'll be a little bit normal in that perspective. And I think um, you know some of your uh, more knowledgeable fans will, will know this, but some of those who don't follow the game as closely might not know some of the benefits to um, being the home team is that you get last change. So the, uh, the the opposing team has to put out their lines first, and then Lane Mignot can decide who he wants to put out. Um, yeah. 
you also uh, get um, some some consideration when it comes to uh, um, you know picking. Uh, although this is lessened a little bit, it used to be the home team would get uh, some some consideration in terms of uh, you know um, you know picking uh, ha- having their stick down last or first on the faceoff, which makes a difference. Hmm. Um, but uh, okay. now it's actually programmed to uh, the team that's in the offensive zone does that. But um, you know that being said, uh, you know as is always been the custom in the NHL, usually your best teams are running about a, a 750 winning percentage at home, about 500 winning percentage on the road. So they're you know, even without the fans, there's still going to be some advantages to uh, to being at home. But our hope is that uh, at some point this season we'll be able to start having fans back in the building and get toward uh, more of a sense of normalcy. Yeah, fans are obviously a huge part of any any sport, and uh, Flyers fans are super passionate. I was uh, I know when the original press release came out regarding the upcoming season, there was you know we're not going to start with those, but the hope is uh, is there any kind of I guess it's just kind of have to wait and see. Is it more about what Pennsylvania is doing, or I guess it's all the different yeah, yeah for for the Flyers specifically what PA is doing right? Yeah, it's it's all it's all a Pennsylvania uh, situation. Um, you know, across the league. All of that is being left up to the local jurisdictions. There's actually some teams around the NHL that will start the season with a percentage of their building uh, being able to host fans. So it, uh, you know, it all depends on on the uh, local and um, you know state, city, what have you uh, regulations. Um, you know, in in the city of Philadelphia right now, um, a building like the Wells Fargo Center is limited to 500 total people inside the building wow. for an event and that includes the players and the staff and everything so <laughs> yeah. that's kind of why uh they're, they're closed at the moment because uh if um you know we were to bring in enough staff to uh, to accommodate fans we'd probably only be able to have about 100 fans in the game. so it's you know right. it's just uh, one of those deals where it's it's not um really feasible uh, under the current situation it's the same thing you saw with the eagles you know they were able to i think have about 2500 fans in for a while being an outdoor venue, um, and then uh, everything you know, the, the rules changed, and, and that was uh, ended. But um, you know, like everybody else, we're, we're just trying to do what needs to be done to to uh, you know get through this overall situation that we're all in, and trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. So uh, yeah. you know, we're going to do um, everything we can in the meantime to uh, make the fans at home feel as much a part of the game as we possibly can. Uh, you're going to see some really neat things. I'm sure you've seen the fixtures and how they've played so far this season. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of similar things, uh, you know, with uh, seat covers out there and, uh, you know, some, some elements uh, that are designed to be watched on TV that uh, would not normally be in a, a normal game. So um, so we're really excited. really looking forward to it. A lot of reinventing the wheel. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest there. A lot of us that work for the team and in this industry, has um, you know done so for a long time, and we spent many many years more or less doing things the same way from from year to year operationally, and uh, you know going into this situation has forced us to really rethink everything we do. Um, so it's uh, it's been a bit of a challenge to, to this point, but everybody's uh, been doing a great job answering the bell for it, and we're like I guess I'm really excited to to get things going first with a scrimmage on Sunday, and then uh, the uh, regular season week from today. Yeah, Brian Smith, he's manager of broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers. One of the roles and hats you wear in the past has been doing uh, some of the radio, right, during the away games uh, in between periods. Is that still going to be the same for you, or does that change for you? Or how does your other stuff change? Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's a little bit of a uh, 
a little bit of a different scenario for us on the radio um, because, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a normal situation, um, our, our, our main broadcasters, Tim Saunders and Steve Coates, they would travel to a road, road game city, perhaps, yeah. and uh, they would uh, obviously just watch the game and, <laughs> and call the game like normal. Right. Um, under the return to play uh, scenario that we were, we were in for the playoffs and – uh, at least to start this season, that'll be uh, the same thing. Um, or I'm sorry, it will be uh, it'll be the same thing we did in the summer, which is different from normal in that we are um, provided several video feeds and they are calling the game uh, that they're watching on TV, uh, much the same as the fans at home are. Although we have uh, a few extra angles that we can see on uh, different monitors and things like that, but um, the the uh, it, it takes a little bit of extra effort to do it that way, just from the fact that, uh, you know, with hockey especially, um, you know, the, the the camera is focused on the puck, but there's oftentimes action going on behind the play or uh, somewhere out of the camera frame, whether it's something going on on the bench or a skirmish behind the play or the, the trailing referee calling a penalty, stuff like that. Um, so uh, I, I've been acting more or less in a spotter role for that. Um, okay. I've got a uh, telephone hookup to the uh, television truck in the city where the game's being played uh, to kind of help with knowing when we're going to commercial and what's going on that, uh, in the game that we can't see, but they can. Right. Uh, so right. that's kind of more or less what I've been doing in this role. And then uh, Jason Martinez, our normal home game uh, intermission host, has been uh, handling road games as well. Okay. We'll probably keep that in place uh, you know, for, for this season. So, uh, uh, you know, certainly still going to be involved, just a little more behind the scenes, I think, than uh, than I have been in, in recent years. Yeah, it's kind of fun in a way. I'm sure it's a, cha- a challenge, but like you said, you have to, you know, try some things out. And I think if there's ever a time where trying something out and, and maybe stumbling through it a little bit here or there or figuring your way, people get it, you know, because everything's new and, and, and it, yeah. you never had to do it before. So I'm sure it'll come off fine, but even toying with certain ideas. Uh, and when you think about it, the broadcast part of things – as much as I'm sure you know, any of the teams want to have fans there, and that changes how the athletes feel, at the same time, there are a lot of people who never actually go to a game or they go once every great while. So the presentation on TV you know, still is what they're, what they're used to. So as much as I guess you can create a, that, that theater there and focus on the puck and the play and the, the checks and the shots and everything, it's what they're used to, and they're just glad to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll see a lot of the same things, and the, the one advantage to it is that uh, – television can try a few different things that they can't do when there are spectators there because right. uh, their cameras would block views or, you know, you can have a camera going on a wire that is over the seats, but you can't do that when people are in there because if it falls, it hurts somebody, <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. Um, so, so there'll be some few gimmicks that they can try, but really the, 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 the main thing we want to get back to is the atmosphere that our fans create. Um, obviously, sure. uh, one of the best fan bases in the NHL, if not the best. And, and uh, you know, the, a lot of the atmosphere that those fans create by being there uh, comes across in the TV broadcast, and you really do kind of miss it when you don't have uh, a background of 20,000 people going crazy for a goal or a fight or a hit or a save or whatever. So that's what we want to get back to. Um, you know, we want to have, uh, you know, the entire family back in, in the Wells Fargo Center for a game as soon as we possibly can. So uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll look forward to that. And in the meantime, we'll make the best of the situation that we have and, uh, you know, use the opportunity to, uh, the NHL will anyway, to, to 
authorize some different things and try out some uh, some, some different ideas and uh, you know try again try to try to bring that home as best uh, they can to the folks that would normally be at the meeting. Brian Smith's our guest. He's the manager of broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers, who open their season a week from tonight at home against Pittsburgh. We're going to keep our conversation rolling in just a moment, and while we take a quick break. If you'd like to win a gift card to Duncan, Panera, Readers, or Wawa, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet, who sponsors our fine broadcast, give a quick holler, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. We'll take a random winner or two right now to win with WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. AM560WFIL.com on the app, a fun song that's often played at Flyers games and has been over the years. That's The Boils and The Orange and the Black. We're chatting with Brian Smith, who's the manager of broadcasting and media services with the Flyers to open their season a week from tonight against Pittsburgh. We'll keep our conversation going in a second. Uh, Just a quick check on the forecast. Clear night, low 30. Sunday tomorrow, high 45. Sixers are home against Washington tonight at 7. College football wide receiver Devontae Smith. Uh, from Alabama, winning the Heisman Trophy last night. So that last song is not uncommon in terms of the energy that's often at the uh, Flyers' home games, Brian, and um, more so than, say, a Phillies game, which could have energy but also be calm You know, between pitches. Flyers' games seem to have tons of energy. What's the thought process going on since there won't be fans to start the season, at least you know at the beginning, uh, in terms of trying to replicate that because uh, it's not realistic because there aren't fans there, but still to have some energy, uh, you know, in the building. Any particular uh, or how far along are the Flyers in terms of the plans for the uh, the home game uh, presentation? Well, it's actually being supported at a league level. Okay, um, and it's, it was done so they did so in the uh, in the bubble for return to play. The NHL is pretty fortunate in that we had a, a pre-existing relationship with EA Sports. Where they, uh, you know, as, as video game technology advanced and as they improved their products, they actually started coming out to the buildings over recent years and literally recording um, the sounds of the game, hmm. taking actual live samples. So if you sit down and you play any um, NHL EA game from the last three to four years, um, you know, it is uh, created with authentic sounds from each individual building. I remember them coming in one day a few years ago with a, a a recording setup that you would think would be uh, excessive for recording the goal horn, but that's what they did. They mm. came in and they placed microphones at places all around the building and they set off our goal horn and they recorded it. So that recording is what plays in NHL 19, 20, 21, whatever you might have. That's what plays when you score a goal, if you're playing as the Philadelphia Flyers. So, what interesting was the NHL was able to work with EA to get all of those sound files and put them in a, uh, a system where they could use them during the games. So wow. when uh, we when we were playing Montreal and the Flyers scored, they were able to play our goal horn. Um, they were able to play when we were home. Yeah. They were able to play actual crowd chants from our building from the past. If, uh, if there was a shot on goal and um, it, was, it was a scoring chance and it didn't go in, yeah. and they play that oh sound, well, that <laughs> oh sound 
was actually an O sound recorded from the Wells Fargo Center during a Flyers game as opposed to what have you, a, a generic O sound. I love so, that. Um, That's great. So, so they're, they're able to use those throughout the league to um, you know, create as authentic a fake crowd experience <laughs> right. as they possibly can. Um, so that has been one thing that has been beneficial since obviously nobody saw this coming. There was no time to would have been no time to pr- prepare for this by recording them in advance, right, but right. through the EA project, they already had everything, so they've been able to utilize those to, uh, to to try to enhance that a little bit. That's great. Thank you for shedding light on that. That's that's very insightful. And then just the sure. other last question I had was, uh, we mentioned how the you know the Flyers are basically playing just the and all the, they're playing your division teams: so Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Boston, Jersey uh, Islanders, and Rangers. Um, I think I got it right. Washington in there. Um, but um, what, competitively speaking, you mentioned Coach Vigneault. Like, has has he, he or any of the players um, talked at all about what that means when you see a team that often? What does it come down to compared to seeing them, you know, half or a third as often as, as they're going to be seeing each other this year? Any any pro, pros or cons to that? Well, um, you know, really the and uh, Elaine talked about this yesterday a little bit with the media. The one of the things you need to do in a situation like what we're heading into here is you need to find ways to make yourself unpredictable. Um, you know, you certainly have to have more than one look on your power play. You have to have, um, a few different breakouts in mind. You have to have a few different systems and stuff. So you don't get too predictable, uh, to a team that, um, is going to see you eight times a year. And then it's going to see you, um, you know, twice in a row on most occasions or, um, you know, two times out of four or something like that, because it'll become really easy for a team to learn your tendencies. So I think the teams across the league that can introduce the most variety into their systems and, uh, you know, become adept at, um, you know, not falling into a rut of doing the same things over and over again, um, whether it's on the power play or their neutral zone forecheck or their breakouts or their defensive zone play what have you. Um, the ones that are the least predictable, I think, are the ones that are going to be the most successful this season because uh, yeah. the way we're going now in this league, you've got video coaches and scouts and things like that that can pick out every little thing uh, a team is doing. They can pick out little things that goaltenders are doing, stuff like that. So, sure. um, you know, the, the key to it kind of – but, you know, the thing is that all teams are in the same boat. So whereas the Flyers need to be uh, – somewhat unpredictable. Uh, so do all the other teams in the league and all the teams that they're playing. They'll still be able to follow the tendencies of the teams they're going against. So, so yeah. again, I think the key this season is going to be the teams that can, uh, you know, that can, and, you know, and, and there might be some teams that don't need to worry about it. They're just better than other teams. Right, they right. Can outplay them. I was, um, you know, so right. that's another thing, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, it, it is going to be very interesting to see how these uh, coaches and, staffs approach the season. I was going to say that, and for those who maybe have never coached a sport or that they, they don't really maybe quite understand the, the, the importance of a game plan or how you can take out one of their best players of another team or you, you show one look one game, the next game you, you coach a different way or you have a different strategy. There's only so many times you could probably do that when you're playing each other a ton of times, and maybe at some point it really does come down to who's the better team, all things being equal, yeah. skill skill-wise. So... Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it comes down to in the playoffs a lot of times because, you know, playoffs are seven game series. And then by the time you get deep in the playoffs, not only have you played, uh, you know, two seven game series before you get to the conference finals, um, you know, every team's been watching you for two seven game series. So 
Um, you know, a lot of times when you get to the playoffs, it is more about um, just who's the better team, who, who can who can answer the bell uh, more consistently on any on any given night, and, and you know, you know, kind of outdistance the opponent. I think the uh, the the, the um, variety aspect of it, if you will, for lack of a better term, I think that'll be more prevalent during the regular season where. You're seeing teams more often than you normally do, but you're not playing them more than twice in a row. Um, I think there might be a handful of occasions across the league where two teams are facing each other four times in a row, but the Flyers don't do that with anybody. So, um, yeah. you know, there'll be uh, there'll be a little bit more of the outdistancing there. But um, you know, again, because of the shortened season and the fact that you're only playing in your division and only the top four teams get in. Um, you know, there'll be more room, I think, there for variety to to, to be a part of the um, the equation rather than just having to try to, you know, just outplay everybody every night. Sure. And, you know, as I'm just thinking as you're speaking there, the I, I'm just thinking from a fan experience, it might actually be a one plus could be, you know, you're digging a little deeper. So you're going to get to know the other teams better as a fan rather than you only get a chance to catch a certain team once or twice a year. Maybe now you can actually... You know, just like you're watching March Madness and you, you have an intense whatever, you're following a team, you start to hear people you never heard of before till the tournament. Similarly for hockey, perhaps, you know, they get to know the, the Washington Capitals in a better level or what the Rangers roster's like or that new player on Buffalo who's really good, who's young, and you know, they wouldn't have heard of him otherwise unless you got to see him several more times. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe as yeah, a fan, it'll help them too, education-wise. Absolutely. I think some of, our, some of our fans that have been with us for a longer time will get a kick out of seeing more of Boston and Buffalo. They're not normally in our division. Um, So the Flyers normally only play them three times a year, but, uh, you know, they obviously have a a huge place in the Flyers' history because those are the two teams that uh, the Flyers won their Stanley Cups over. So back in the day, in the 70s and, you know, to a lesser extent uh, into the 80s, um, you know, the the battles between uh, the Flyers and the Bruins and to a lesser extent the Flyers and the Sabres, those were... uh, you know, those were those were kind of uh, big nights on the flyer schedule. That's right. Uh, back then, so it'll be kind of nice to rekindle those. I'm just nervous that I'm going to walk into a game and have trouble telling Boston for Pittsburgh or something like that. You know, cause <laughs> see right. so much only uh, black and yellow in the building this year, but <laughs> I'm sure that uh, sure we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah, Brian, it's great talking with you. Thanks for carving out some time to chat today. And uh, one week to go, and then it'll be here. We'll yeah. look forward to seeing that. So. Absolutely. Glad uh, again. Glad we got stuff to talk about, and uh, yeah. looking forward to the year. Sounds great. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll chat again during the season. Thanks, Tim. See you soon. All right, it's Brian Smith, uh, manager of broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers. Spend some time with us. He typically checks in a couple of times during each Flyers hockey season. Victoria, um, do you know the name of this song? By the way, that I'm playing right now. New I'm rec- going to say it has to do with Charlie Brown. Right, it is. It is uh, Vince Guaraldi who did a lot of great music. But I can't remember the exact name of it. Well, it's... I do like it. It's tied into the fact that we had Brian from Flyers on. It's called Skating. Uh, (laughs) There you go. This is early in Very relaxing, actually. I I like it. I, I think this is early in the Christmas special, Charlie Brown Christmas, where they're all just out in the... Out in the ice, skating around. Yeah. And Pigpen's got dust behind him. And, <laughs> and uh, Linus is using his blanket and all that. I love so. all the music from that show, though. Yeah, I agree. We like to incorporate it during Christmas time and beyond. I like, I don't know about you, do you do Christmas lights and do you keep them up beyond 
Leaky Christmas or we, we usually keep them up until the Epiphany, I believe. Okay. Um, so we'll probably be taking them down maybe this weekend or so. But I know some people leave them up even later than that. Yeah. So. I, I equate them almost with winter. I don't mind keeping things up till you know January, February. If there's really? especially if there's snow. You usually keep them up till February. It looks pretty. Huh. Yeah. Well. Well, it's all the hard work putting them up. You know why not? There's that. Now I must confess I didn't really put much up this year. But when we do, we leave them up. I got you. I think it's cozy. I, I don't know. I don't know why people are in such a hurry to get past to throw their tree out if they got a live tree. I'm like, let's keep the tree. Let's, you know. Yeah, let's, let's, hunk, let's hunk keep the down. Christmas spirit into the next year. That's it. See, we're on the same page. 441, the Tim DeMoss Show. Quick break. Come back and keep things rolling. I'd like to give a gift card away to Duncan Panera, Rita's, or Wawa, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown, which sponsors our fine broadcast at $5.60 increment. Uh, we can make a couple of winners. I like to make a lot of winners of uh, something simple where you can go out and get yourself a couple of coffees, a couple of donuts, or a sandwich, or uh, hang out with a friend and just get a little bite to eat briefly and have a little conversation. So if you'd like one, give a quick call, 800-560-WFIL right now, 800-560-9345 to win with WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL on the app. That's Jordan Feliz, like Feliz Navidad, and Glorify, the first single from his new CD called Say It. We are giving copies of that away through this coming Tuesday, I think it is, the 12th. So if you want to enter to win one, WFIL.com. Click the contest tab at the top of our homepage and get entered. We had Jordan on the program a little before Christmas to talk about the album and specifically the song you just heard there, which has that very full, uh, almost gospel choir sounding thing going on. And here's what uh, Jordan had to say about it. What's crazy is is everybody says it's a gospel choir, and it's so funny because it's actually not a like traditional gospel choir. It's just a choir that we found. I really, the the thing for me was with this song is I told I told my producer I was like, man. I want a choir that makes it feel like the entire earth is singing. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> That's great. I want it to sound like everybody in the world is singing this. And so literally we found this choir, he found this choir and man, they just crushed it and it sounds so good. And so this song though, man, is really special to me. You know, I, I'm originally, I'm from California. Um, and I moved to Nashville after uh, about a year of feeling like I was being really called out here. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple years into living here, I get a record deal. The first song that I put out, which we just listened to, which was called The River, explodes. And I kind of burst out onto this, like, artist scene and I'm literally just like this, again, I'm like this kid from California that grew up doing extreme sports, you know, wanting to be like a professional snow skier for a long time. Really? (laughs) Just, yeah, just like super chill, you know, and all of a sudden, man, it was like there was this huge weight on my shoulders, you know. Um, Off or on? (laughs) On. On, yes, okay. (laughs) Yes, just, you know, this huge weight that fell on my shoulders with, kind of my career exploding, you know, there's this huge expectation of me. There was this, you know, and so dude, I I kind of spiraled down this like really bad headspace. Honestly, Hmm. Um, I started like really getting depressed. Um, 
I started having like really, really severe panic attacks and just all this stuff. Cause I think I just started realizing, man, there's so much demand on me. You know, there's a demand on me being a husband. There's a demand on me being a father. There's a demand on me being an artist. And I'm like, man, there's no way I can do all of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. how, how am I an artist? How am I a songwriter? How do I do all this? And, um, and so, man, I just kind of, uh, I know this is one of those things, you know, being a Christian, um, I've, I've literally, you know, only had this happen two times in my entire life. Um, but I had a buddy who had offered to come over and pray, pray for me. Um, cause I was just in a really dark spot and, um, man, I'm not kidding you, dude. He got here and I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it. Cause it literally was just one of those moments. Um, hmm. But I was telling him about all these things, and so he just started praying over me, dude. Um, and he put his hands on my shoulders and on my on the back of my head, and just started praying. And he started just like praying against all the stuff that I was telling him. And dude, I'm not even kidding you. It sounds so crazy, but dude, it felt like somebody was taking like 10 or 15 pound weights and just pulling them off of my back. Wow. Like as as he's praying for me, I just feel this stuff just being released um and dude i just started weeping you know like i felt like i was like nine years old you know and i like scraped my knee and i was like just talking to my dad or something about it you know i just like was and dude i'm not this sounds i trust me i've been you know in the space even as a christian where you know you're like really did that happen you know what i mean like sure um just because there's that human nature that we have of just like, just where that's the struggle of faith. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. But, dude, I'm not kidding you, man. Like, I've not had one ounce of any of that junk since he prayed for me. Like, literally. Wow. <laughs> like, I've just been great, man. I mean, it was like I was immediately healed of this thing. And so that's how Glorify actually came to be. Um, a week later, I was on a tour bus with my producers and a couple writers, and we just kind of started chatting about this whole thing that had just happened. And I told them, I was like, man, I literally am so moved and emotional about this whole thing, man. Like, as all I want to do is I just want to literally elevate the name of Jesus, like, every single day of my life because of just this miraculous healing that I've just experienced. I mean, I'm just like at a loss for words and it's all I want to do is praise and worship and my friend who one of my best friends was in the room and he literally looked at me he's like man you just want to glorify the name of Jesus bro and we literally just were like that's it that's the song we need to write right now that's Jordan Feliz we had him on before Christmas uh, podcast on our homepage WFIL.com Victoria it's fun you know I know as we had Jordan on he said some powerful stuff there I enjoyed talking with him also just because he called me dude about nine times and uh, very laid back, just chill. Yeah, <laughs> but but very open and honest about everything. All the pressures you would think someone who has sold a lot of records and uh, you know gold record status, a half a half a million, and uh, other awards he's won and topping the charts with his songs. But very very you know we shouldn't be surprised. You could still have lots of success. But a lot of pressure that comes with it. And, Money and success uh, don't always buy happiness. No, no. Well, and even just the things that come with the responsibility of something right. growing, you know. So anyway, Jordan Feliz is his name. The album is called Say It, the fir- first single, which we played a little while ago, called Glorify. You can find the podcast again at WFIL.com. Brief break. We'll come back and wrap up our conversation together. It's Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. 
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.56 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Uh, played that clip for you a moment ago from Jordan Feliz, whose song Glorify we play every now and again in conjunction with the new album coming out called Say It. And again, we're giving away that album. You can go to WFIL.com and go to the contest page to enter to win. Just reminded me that we have a prayer center on our website. want to encourage you to take advantage of that, whether it's for yourself or somebody else you know who could use prayer. You can share requests there, things you're thankful for. All you do is click the More tab at the top of our homepage, then the Grow Your Faith option, and you'll see the prayer center link right there. So it could be for health, financial situation, relationships, had a few come in. Uh, One simply said, for the will of God to be done in my life. Another one here says, pray that my son and daughter both go get early colonoscopy testing due to their father's death from the disease. They are both very stubborn. God give me strength. It's kind of a serious, but also fun, funny the way it was written, but in in a good way. And another one says, please pray for peace, protection, improvement, clean up and all of God's blessings over our neighborhood. And one here from someone who says, Lord, my God in heaven, have mercy on my soul. I used to be an atheist, terrible sinner until a few short years ago. I'm still a sinner. Please forgive me for my misdeeds and wrongdoings. Let Jesus, the Holy Spirit, come into my life and save my soul. I mean, so this is, you know, you get the wide range here, but that's what God's in the business of doing, right? He wants to hear our requests. And, um, you know, in in the Bible, it's full of uh, opportunities where the Lord says, look, uh, just come to me. Uh, In fact, in John chapter 6, after Jesus has uh, fed the 5,000 and walked on water and the crowd is chasing him down, it says in John 6, verse 28, the crowd asked him, Jesus, what must we do to do the works God requires? Verse 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. John 6, 28 and 29. We'll wrap up for now. Pass the baton to Jim Axum, Acts 413 Ministries. He leads in prayer next. Have a great evening. Looking forward to Trivia Thursday tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.